the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again, Rob Black. And your money. 24-year-old female cyclist is fighting for her life in San Francisco after colliding with a truck. San Francisco, we biking is a way of life here. But again, it teaches us disability insurance, life insurance. There's so many financial lessons in the headline news. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen. How are you, Dr. Jeff Rosen? Good. How about yourself? Good, other than reporting that a 24-year-old cyclist was just hit this morning. Oh, any big economic data that you got for us today? No, PPI was released this morning. It came in under expectations. The energy index somehow ended up with a small decline. And uh, it confirmed the view that uh, inflation growth is weak and almost non-existent. Now, that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing depending on who you're talking to and depending on if you're holding, you know, real assets or not. I mean, if you, if you have debt and uh, inflation doesn't grow, it means that it's harder to repay your, 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 uh, your, your debt off. If you hold the debt, it's great. So I tend to refer to numbers from PPI and CPI, producer prices, consumer prices, as we kind of want Goldilocks. We don't want it too hot. We don't want it too cold. But kind of a little bit on the warm side, a little inflation is okay. Am I crazy for saying that? No. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, the, you know, the Fed th- thinks that, you know, that 2% inflation is optimal. You know, if that's the optimal number, it may, it may not be. It may actually be too low, you know, that we've seen um, – you know how the Fed has been trying to uh, you know, fix the the system. The inflation levels were too low for uh, you know, for monetary policy to work. So maybe three percent is a better number. But regardless, somewhere between two and three percent. That's that's what you want. So why should the average listener care about producer price indexes? Can you put it in terms? <laughs> Honestly, they shouldn't care about it at all. It's one of those numbers that the market looks at. It does not translate into uh, CPI very well. Um, if you think about what the index is, I mean, it's, it's mainly a manufacturing index. And if you look at what, what consumers purchase, we don't purchase manufacturing goods. So the correlation between PPI and CPI aren't very good. What you kind of want to look at is just pick and choose certain indices within the PPI that tends to fall through to the CPI, like gasoline, uh, some food prices, um, some car prices. But beyond that, the index really doesn't do a very good job of uh, explaining how the consumers are seeing inflation. You've got a fun job in my world, but to some it's intimidating as all heck. 
you have to deal with population growth, labor supply, potential labor force, and there's a lot of variables in all of that. Um, talk a little bit about that angle of, of playing with numbers that come down the road. Well, the demographics are actually a huge part of economic forecasting for the next several years. I mean, if the reason is they get a big change in the makeup of the uh, potential labor supply as you have the boomers start retiring. Now, one of the things that people have been talking about, uh, especially on the unemployment front, is that uh, the labor force participation rate has dropped significantly since the start of the recession. And, you know, the, the common adage is that people can't find work. They're leaving the labor force because they can't find anything. But if you look at the demographics, a lot of the people that are leaving the labor force would have naturally left the labor force just because they've aged out, meaning that they're entering the retiring years. So you, you have to take more into consideration on how demographics are going to play because you have smaller amount of incoming people coming in to fill those spots, meaning you're going to have a smaller labor participation rate, meaning you'll probably have a lower natural unemployment rate. I was reading a report out this morning from Citigroup, and the headline was tied towards economic surprises, basically being negative this year. So as much as we do or you do about looking down the road and using all these variables, Japan's kind of disappointing. And you know, you take a look at Europe and China. China's de definitely on the disappointing side. The United States, we've kind of started to surprise to the upside. Is there anything that you can talk about surprises in hindsight and how this economic activity is, is surprising us? Again, Japan weaker, China weaker, U.S. better recently. I'm going to focus more on the United States because I don't really look at the okay. expectations of China beyond, you know, just the general expectations or, or Asia or Europe in, in general. But if you look at um, the economic situation in the United States, we've created a briefing.com surprise index. It differs slightly from the Citibank index in which that we focus only on the variables that make up economic growth as opposed to survey variables and other variables. Our index matches up closely with the Chicago Fed's National Activity Index, and then we compare how the actual data is meeting with our briefing.com consensus expects the data. And we've noticed a big trend, too, in, um, in downward surprises. And a lot of that is just the way economists tend to think. You know, the data showed up stronger in the beginning of the year, and the economists got over, you know, over expected. They, they got, you know, I don't know if you want to call it happier, but they got more believing that the economy was better than it actually was and better than the underlying trends or currents were running. And it takes a long time before economists change their minds. So we've been seeing this big decline in our surprise or negative surprises constantly throughout the year because economists are slow to react to the uh, actual ways of the economy. What tends to happen then is right about now you're starting to see uh, the opposite surprises where economists are underpredicting things and, you, and you're going to move back up towards zero, probably move up a little bit in the positive side. But um, it's something I watch really closely because I want to know what people are thinking and how people are thinking. And it also explains Fed movements. You know, if you look at the expectations, you know, it makes sense that everyone's assuming that the Fed's going to uh, start tapering in September because, you know, they're expecting the economy to be better than what it actually is showing. 
Now, if you just take a step back and look at the uh, actual hard data, which we hope the Fed is looking at, then uh, the data, in our opinion, doesn't showcase much to start tapering. I mean, it still shows a very weak economy. So you get that, you know, pull and, and twist from why the economists are expecting something and why the Fed is not. And we've actually written quite a bit about this on the website on, on briefing.com, and, and I keep this, uh, these charts pretty much up to date, about once a month or once every uh, couple months, to show how economists are thinking because, you know, it explains a lot on, you know, why, you know, consensus expectations are changing so quickly. Thank you for answering that, because I don't think that was an easy question to answer, tying surprises into the stock market and into the economy. I, I loved hearing that, and I'll listen to that again. You recently penned a piece called The End of Uncertainty as a Policy Tool, um, which ties again into certainty, uncertainty, surprise, negative, positive. Um, the Fed tapering, I saw a debate on this recently that it's already been priced in the market because we already know that September it could happen. Do you think that's a truth? Yeah, I think that there. That, well, I think most of it's priced in the market. I think that you know people are expecting, you know, a certain amount of tapering. If the tapering comes in much larger or or you know, much smaller than expected, you could have some shifts in bond prices to account for that. But for the most part, you know, the, the Fed has been talking that tapering, you know, is possible, but you know, the hinting likely to occur in September. And you know, if you listen to the consensus of economists, especially from the big banks, you know, they're all seem to be leaning that tapering is coming. And if these are the market movers, these are the ones driving bond prices, they're preparing for that. Now, one of the things about the Fed is that the way the Fed works is it, is it works through, you know, these type of transparencies and confidence in the Fed. So, if the Fed hints that it's going to do something, the market starts pricing that in as soon as the hints start coming out, you know, it doesn't wait until the actual effect. So the Fed can get an idea of, you know, how tapering will affect the economy or affect market prices just by saying, look, we're thinking about doing this, and then all the investors rush in to prepare for that, and that's how it goes. Now, if the Fed all of a sudden doesn't follow through, you know, and you play this, you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, uh, eventually, investors will not listen to what the Fed is saying, and, and the Fed won't get that uh, reaction. But the Fed wants that reaction. So, you know, it, it's getting what it wants. It's pricing in what it wants because it's explaining to, you know, to the market, this is what we're likely to do. We have under a minute. Is there anything that you want to squeeze in, Dr. Jeff Rosen? Just that retail sales were very impressive yesterday. Uh, okay. We totally did not expect that considering the weakness in the employment numbers, which means that uh, consumers are much more either happy about their current jobs and the fact that they don't feel like they're going to lose them, or they're taking wealth from the stock market and from their housing that has increased substantially over the last you know, several months. And uh, we're starting to see the wealth effect from it. The retail sales numbers that we saw, I saw Costco good. I saw Michael Kors good. I saw Gap good. But I saw a lot of weakness, too. How did the retail sales components get put together? Uh, it's a survey mechanism. The, the, okay. um, the Census Bureau basically just has a whole bunch of retailers that they send out information and ask them to send back uh, sales reports. Sounds good. You're the best. I really appreciate <laughs> your taking my curveballs as well as you do. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen. Dr. Jeff Rosen, chiefeconomistbriefing.com. Briefing.com has market strategists. They've got traders. 
They've got market insights. They have economists. I rely on them for independent market analysis, both on a global and domestic level. I use other sources, but I use them first go-to in the morning. You're listening to me, Rob Black, on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.